Under the Helmet. You'll do your thing, all right? Don't be nervous, okay? The show that looks at long-term player value in fantasy football. It's the moment right here. We're going to have to decide what, what type of team we want to be. Building Dynasties each and every week. I don't even know your name. What's your name? Chad Parsons. I'm telling you, man, you're leading the league in hydration. I got a Dynasty team reaping rewards for the next decade. Katie Flower. You may beat me, but you will not outwork me. Tim Torch. There's only one winner, Chad. Find their written and premium audio content at uthdynasty.com. Playing it safe in Dynasty means you're going to lose. Stop talking about it, man. Let's get this going right now. Welcome down to the helmet. Look at some long-term player value in fantasy football. I'm your host, Chad Parsons, joined by Katie Flower, official show of uthdynasty.com, home to over 300 premium podcasts annually. Uh, if you've been if you've signed up over the last couple weeks, or if you want to look back and sign up this week, getting ready for the season, tons of 2021 previews and look-aheads, and we've actually had a lot of prospects already declare that they are going to be ramping up for said draft class and not participating in the season. Uh, and some we actually had college football over the last uh, few days, Katie, to kick things off, which is exciting, uh, regardless of what level um, and what prospects are out there, because. It means we are on the verge, no preseason, and we really don't have a lot of those indicators we have. But again, UTH trade calculator, rankings, metrics, articles, and and one thing I would uh, you know self self servingly mention, uh, my labor of love is the UTH film note show. Uh, so every Monday morning of the regular season, you're going to wake up and in your inbox you're going to have an alert, your app, whatever it is, of a show that's usually an hour, hour fifteen, maybe even closer to an hour thirty in the first week or two of the season, where every Everything is anew, but uh, I will distill down watching every play of every game overnight tirelessly, uh, even though sometimes you might be uh, attempting to nod off. There's a lot of water involved. Um, and again, uh, distilling all the games down to what you need to know as a dynasty owner for an action plan, whether it's the waiver wire, trading, and just how we feel about our incumbent players, how they did beyond, uh, you know, what is their stat line? Actually, how did the game evolve and their traits, etc.? So every single week, that alone, in my opinion, looking if I was looking from the outside, that alone is worth the price of uh, the entry fee into the door there. So do want to uh, say that as we get closer and closer to the first UTH Film Notes podcast here in uh, just a couple weeks time and let me Uh, can i interrupt for one second please do let me add that it's more critical than most seasons because we did not have a preseason so if you're a listener you'll get your fix by listening to the uh the show yeah, because again, week one is going to be. I always notice that that takes me much longer <laughs> that night, right? Just because it's like again, false positives, false negatives, positives, negatives, all these things that we're not quite sure going through August how to react. And this year, more than ever, I mean, we're getting reports, we're getting little snippet videos, but we're not getting team versus team, and especially, you know, who's running as the number two, number three on depth charts, you know, in, in what what situations uh, is all going to be critical. And we're going to be reacting to it. And the first couple weeks of, you know, sifting out who's for real, who's not for real, as Katie would say, who's Fugazi. And, uh, you know, in terms of roles, production, all of this is going to be just uh, intensified this year in terms of how much we are um, recalibrating to the current season. No more coach speak. 
Exactly. It's exactly. down to Coach reality. Is, oh my it's, god, it drives me nuts. It's down to reality and it, now. And it just it, it really it really pains me that a lot of these you know like Jacksonville for example you know we've got you know we have seen Divino Zigbo before uh, but you know you get someone like James Robinson who you have not seen him <laughs> you know in pads against a team and you would you would see him probably for 20 30 touches in the preseason um, you know as someone who's playing in the second half of games and that's just uh, again you have to center yourself and, and we do this anyway but you still want to see them transition to the next level all of these especially day three type uh, rookies and maybe even second third year players that just have not played but they're still hanging around still searching for their opportunity and to know how we feel about them before they become whether it's relevant for uh, a roster spot for us or if they're just on the watch list for now um, having a good lay of the land and and Katie I honestly think I mean we could actually even have a greater advantage because uh, based on uh, scouting them and have being so prepared of their prospect profile entering the NFL that you know until you see otherwise you kind of have to go with that for for what your eval is and what you think they could be as a player type but also uh, their potential upside yeah there's people right now scampering to waiver wires looking up this guy Divino Zigbo never heard of him and they're laying down all kinds of big bucks for him and same thing with other but they've got to drop somebody and likelihood of them dropping somebody that we know and scouted and they picked up late in a rookie draft you could do the little flip-flop and pick them up off waivers for nothing and stash them so you've got to be aware of exactly you know it's say you don't get xyz player off the waiver wire you could still it could still be a win-win by who did they drop and a lot of people will be dropping guys because they haven't had the opportunity to see them and and it's been a while since may since the draft a lot has happened or not happened they're antsy to make moves and they'll do something silly yeah third you know fourth round rookie picks usually aren't safe with their roster spot nor should they be but this is a type of year depending on the depth third round rookie picks if they're not playing in the first month of the season or like you mentioned right now you know people are going to start chasing the names of the day the names of the news regardless of you know fully uh format forming you know their their opinion on is this the probability play i should be making i'm spending waiver wire dollars to actually pivot from the player i drafted at 310 for now divino zigbo or you know again insert insert, player name here yeah that so that's the type of analysis that I think it, this year is going to be crucial, you know, in terms of the this player, that player, and of course, one-on-one advice is, is the absolute best when you can kind of guide someone through their entire team. But frankly, you, you know, if you do your diligence in terms of what you're posting, you know, I do the waiver wire article on Mondays, Sunday night into Monday, the first look, update it, but also, um, you know, a really detailed show in the Monday Tuesday range before people are making waiver decisions. All of these are critical. And the other thing that I know I have in some leagues, Katie, and I'm sure you do as well, and plenty of listeners, which is there are some leagues that have largely been closed waivers you know, or there's waivers, but no first come first serve. So right. maybe you've been holding off on making certain moves or whatever. But since the the rookie draft time, and I know some that have been closed for two three months. So there are again, just like you you pause it from March or April until after the NFL draft. There's plenty that has been happening in terms of injuries, maybe open spots. Now there's certain players you don't feel as good about. So the churn between now and then right after week one, this two, two, two and a half week period 
you're going to see churn. And like you said, you got to keep your eyes open because another man's trash is your treasure uh, to to potentially pick up someone with more pedigree, better odds. Uh, if you're just willing to maybe not chase that, uh, you know, the pretty girl at the bar that is, you know, now the most interesting thing, because you know what, maybe wearing a wig, uh, she may have, uh, you know, she, <laughs> she, she may have all these, these, these things that you're unaware of because the lights are dim and you've had a few drinks. Whereas, Lipstick you know, on the, a pig. The, the prudent choice might be to go home, reevaluate your options and say, you know what? I know Lucy. I met her the other, you know, I met her a few weeks ago. We know each other. And you know what? That might be the better choice. And so that analogy for, for roster spots is, uh, again, hopefully, hopefully that translated. <laughs> right. Well, and I, I've said this a hundred times, if not a million times on different podcasts through the years, dynasty is a patience play. And right now, more than ever, more than ever, Chad, because of this crazy world that we live in right now, with COVID, with all the protesting, with everything that could possibly happen, holdouts, and I know we'll talk about specific situations in just a minute, but if you lose a player because they got cut or because they're holding out or because of an injury, don't panic don't sell the farm so much is going to happen that is so unpredictable this year you may still make the playoffs we haven't even had game one yet don't (laughs) go selling a top end rookie for trash I had somebody the other day that wanted to trade for David Montgomery and I asked why why are you wanting to do that And we had a little discussion and I grounded the person and reminded them a little bit about you're not getting a high caliber player and you're taking somebody that you were highly sought after in a rookie draft plus another asset. And to me, that's throwing money out the window. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, And talking about how, you know, things are changing more than ever. Um, we've seen the way teams are handling the salary cap, the way teams are handling, say, certain positions. It is very different than five to ten years ago, and it's becoming. I, I think it's 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 blending with social media coverage. The way it's minute to minute now. It before it used to be, you know, a breaking news on ESPN or something like that. And now it's you know all over, retweeted, shared, uh, and people are getting it on their devices. And they're getting so many things that are minute to minute in terms of uh, just, again, minutia that, like you just said, it's a long game. We are in a long game. But some things that haven't been in a long game, let's talk about Leonard Fournette, uh, the progression over the past week where it's, you know, uh, he, you know, they've been trying to trade him and we find out that, you know, they've been trying to trade him for a while. And so they, they, they waive him. And then he passes through, we got the news today, that he passed through waivers unclaimed. So now here he is, completely a free agent. And honestly, I mean, I was going through this on my instant reaction show. There's not a ton of great, quote unquote, great spots if you want to project. Certainly, he's not going to get the workload outside of an injury on some depth chart. Uh, the workload that he was likely to post in Jacksonville, regardless of the the team's strength there. Um, but now that we've had this fallout to... You know, you basically take the brakes off, you know, of the elevator that it could fall. I mean, now again, technically Todd Gurley was in this situation, Melvin Gordon, where they're just out there. They found homes. They found 1A roles earlier in the uh, earlier in the offseason. And now Fournette, you know, things have been filled with rookies. Things have been filled with other veterans. 
it almost feels like he's in the Devonta Freeman position where you got to kind of wait for an injury like Adrian Peterson style and wait for a job that's going to provide a role for you. It, there's not many of them out there at present. At present, but as I just mentioned, this is a yeah. different world than normal. Something will happen. He's going to get a job. Right now, it, it may not be this. It may not be tomorrow, but there's a pretty strong likelihood that that he will. But he's yeah. going to have to settle for a lot less than the four million that he was going to be getting well, this year. Deal. Right, prove exactly. It's going to be probably closer to a two million, probably half. But you know, prove yourself, and you know what, you can get a multi-year deal where one is guaranteed. Maybe the second one is going to be based on how year one goes. But that's you know, he's mid twenties and doesn't have that. Uh, yeah, again, some you're either the haves or the have-nots at running back. So you're. It sounds like you are the, of course, the 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 very level, you know, calming voice. You know, the the mother hen in terms of you know, let's not freak out, let's not crack eggs, let's not that that if you own Leonard Fournette, what is your action plan? If in addition to it sounds like hold and let's see what happens. Yeah, I mean, I have him in several leagues I don't even know how many I've got him in in one league I I received an unsolicited offer of Daryl Henderson for Leonard Fournette which I quickly declined and kind of chuckled at but I didn't put any comment and that's been it Um, I have not and won't shop him it's not the right time to shop him if somebody comes at you with a decent offer then I suppose go ahead and trade but I think he's going to be more. It feels like the market is going to be more for vultures circling. Exactly, than exactly. You actually getting because because let's face it, his value. He's one of the most interesting dynasty assets in that he had a career year, he stayed healthier than previously, and yet his value fell, and he's not twenty nine years old. Right. So interesting, very interesting case. Yeah. And yeah, I, I, it kind of feels like even if it the season gets going, like you said, I mean, this is just it's a matter of time before injuries mount he is one that can handle a high workload and literally step right in and carry you know half of your offense if you so choose Um, I also think it's going to be interesting in terms of uh, like you said the contract part uh, again wheels off in terms of their allegiance to him but some of these situations that you know Joe Mixon got cleared up with a contract now, Alvin Kamara is one that's in, he's been in our sights. He's been in our thoughts. Uh, my first reaction when I, when I heard about it, hustling and bustling today um, out and about was that, you know, all of a sudden, you know, Ty Montgomery might have, you've been breaking ties against him, you know, for that final roster spot or one of them in your, your moderate depth leagues. But now, in my opinion, he becomes, you break every tie you can for him, yeah. you know, that let's see how this pans out. Cause Leonard, cause uh, Latavius Murray absolutely is one that you know would see a ton of usage we saw his two game sample of the number one overall running back last year without Kamara but he's one that you know if you mix in Ty Montgomery Murray isn't going to do anything Kamara like in the passing game he's a really good functional three you know three three down back but Montgomery gives them the movable chess piece split them out motion him all those things Kamara does and he can at least replicate said role 
within that offense, which is really interesting. And there's nothing that says that if they trade him, that they'll be trading for anything more than a future first round pick or maybe a first plus something or do you whatever. Think, do you think that's what he's like? I was thinking of it this way because you got to pay him. If you trade for him, you're, you're going to pay him a big amount as well. Do you think a running back or Kamara specifically would carry a first round pick? Do you think that's possible? Is he that high level? <sighs> I, I don't know what NFL. It's a really weird it, it, market to try it, to predict. It is. It is. And I don't know how far NFL teams scout. And if they know that next year, I mean, it's going to be either a shortened college season or some college players are opting out. You may not even get a look at right. some of these. I'm sure they already players. have a sense. I'm they sure probably, they already have a sense. They probably a have player. a sense that it's not anywhere near as deep with or without right. everything else that's going on. But even with that said, uh, I mean, Kamara is... He's a special player. He's a very special player, and he's well-rounded. He he can carry the rock up the middle, or he's got great hands. I mean, he's versatile. So I, I guess it's not outside the realm of possibility. I mean, it's like it's Amari so Cooper. He got a first. It, yeah. He got a first, and then they had to sign him. I mean... That's true. Yeah, and Kamara, again, I mean, he can just do so much. I mean, he's so versatile. You saw, yeah. I mean, almost, you know, like Woodhead or McCaffrey where, I mean, you can pepper him with four or five targets going down the field in a two-minute drill uh, where, you know, he's just ripping off chunks. You know, and, and the one time, you know, from my harkening back to the Film Notes podcast, the one stretch was last year where I was like, this guy's not breaking tackles. Like, this guy can't shed anybody. But that's when he was a playing through an injury that I'm sure limited him more than he would ever admit or use as a crutch or an excuse. Right. Um, so, so that is, again, you, a lot of times, that's another point. I mean, sometimes you see a guy and you're like, he can't be healthy. He looks like a completely different player. And unless there's been some massive uh, accumulation of, of injuries or surgeries, et cetera, which we do see, Alshon Jeffrey is a good example of that where he's just, he is slowed, you know, and, yeah. you know, or these other guys, Jimmy Graham's another one where you, you, if you just woke up and watched him the last two years, you're like, this was one of the most dynamic, you know, uh, influential and, guys that, yeah, yeah. that they, they kind of transformed the position into looking something a different way uh, for a number of guys coming out, you know, around that time or since. And it's like, you would never know it, you know, because he's playing like Jason Witten. So it's like, uh, you know, old Jason Witten is what I would say. Um, all right, so anything else on uh, – actually, we mentioned Kamara, but um, Fournette, would you be buying? Uh, just a, a question I thought of previously. Yes, and again, it depends on if the owner is panic selling. I'm, I don't want to pay full price for him with the question marks, but if I could get a 75% price tag on the guy, I would I – would, Okay, would yeah. you pay a 21 second for him? Oh, absolutely, easily. Okay. I, I would right. even pay – if, if I'm a contender and it's going to be a late first, I would even pay a late first. Okay. And I, I think I that would get it done. You, you might be able to get another piece back. In that maybe. Type of deal. Right. I mean, yeah. that would be great if you traded a 21 late first for a mid second, you know. Right. Or, or a first for, for Fournette in a second. Right. Yeah. And, and sometimes you can do that. I don't remember the trade that I had. Um, I talked to you about yeah. it last week, but... I was able to get the guy to throw in a second and my first is going to be late. So it really ended up, I think it's going to end up being closer than, than it even, I, I, oh, I got uh, DeAndre Swift in the deal and traded Zach Moss, my only share of Zach Moss. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think another, um, 
another point to make here. Uh, again, Kamara, we always say, you know, with Dynasty, typically the best reaction is a softened one. You know, in terms of like yeah. all of a sudden a player gets in trouble or all of a sudden, you know, a player gets hurt. Like that's the ambulance moment, right? I mean, that's when the lights are flashing uh, and there's there's things circling that, you you know, I mean, if you, like you said, you, you, you coined it panic selling and not yeah. coined it, but I mean, you, you deemed it panic selling, which is really accurate. I mean, that's the moment where you throw out offers. You want to see who's uh, who's really worried because it typically gets better. Like a player will generally heal, uh, you know, or uh, Fournette will have a team. It's one of the more quizzical things. I mean, he is not, through what he's done so far, he is not Trent Richardson, you know, in terms of a, a player with a lot of pedigree, but, you know, all of a sudden starts bouncing around or is looking for work, et cetera, that isn't commonplace to a player like that. I mean, again, Fournette has been a top 12 guy three straight years in points per game, and yet he's available. And yet... He is he is not on a team at 25 years old, which is um, is the thing that I would just say. I mean, this it doesn't compute for me, um, and I can't imagine a team wouldn't be interested when when their starter. It will happen in the next few weeks. Either isn't available, which we still have things like Dalvin Cook hanging out there. Uh, you mentioned you know Alvin Kamara with with some of these contract things going on. Uh, you know, it's not a given that we don't have a situation where a team is without their starter beyond injury uh, to begin the year. Well, there's, or, so, yeah, I mean, there's even talk and I, it, it, you know, that they trade Alvin Kamara and then they just deal with Leonard Fournette and, and get him. Right. Which would then still make Ty Montgomery very interesting. Exactly. Um, and it would keep Latavius Murray in basically the same spot he is. Or, right. you know what? What if... You know, Latavius Murray turns into Austin Eckler, turns into James Conner, turns into... I mean, what if he starts having a string of starts to start the year? I mean, yeah. all these things are in play, um, which, again, we, we have not been without drama. We've had nothing on the field, but not, not without drama so far. Yeah. Um, and there, another thing I wanted to point out about... Oh, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, there is one player, though, that I am ambulance chasing right now. You can probably okay. guess who I'm going to say. To buy or to sell? To buy. Okay. Jalen Rager. I mean, it's a no-brainer. He's possibly four weeks, which two weeks in the off-season plus two weeks. Two he weeks he may there. miss two games. Three. I hear people about. I I've heard people say, "Oh, you got to bump Jalen Rager down," or "Oh, I'm avoiding him in yeah, the draft." Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like, like uh, he'll be back. Yeah, I think I got Odell, him late. you know, and not not comparing it, but like Odell Beckham missed what the first six weeks of his rookie Something season. Something like that. Yes. So yeah. I just he he was primed I, to have a thinking, major role. Yeah. I was thinking that same exact analogy was the Odell Beckham analogy, and I've got him in my home league late in the That's draft. Right. I also picked up Brian Edwards late in the in that draft, and now with the Tyrell Williams right. news um, that he's on IR, Brian Edwards. A lot of people are pumping him up like they'd never heard of him before. But I was always like looking, you know, as a stash. I I got him like third to last before my kicker and defense. Well, I just I just think back to the, you know, the Raiders being super aggressive and we thought they might be, you know, I mean, with Antonio Brown not working out and now it was Tyrell Williams, uh, Darren Waller and what was basically how I mean, yes, Hunter Renfro, he can play the slot. Yes, but 
they they revamped it. They spent a top pick on Henry Ruggs. We can question that all we want, but they also got Brian Edwards. And I also think a sneaky signing was was Jason Witten. You know, to <laughs> get some some chain moving touches um, within that offense. They have basically, I mean, they have needed every one of those additions because Tyrell Williams is now not a factor, and uh, hopefully Josh Jacobs gets a lot more targets. But I mean. They needed a boost, and they just lost one existing incumbent piece. So I just, and and I know you're you're on Team Brian Edwards, um, but what do you think about Henry Ruggs within that offense? I think that's a I think that's going to be a good fit for him, a better fit than than some places would have been. And I do like Henry Ruggs. I just where he was going in drafts that was the that was the absurd thing to me was right. his price tag that went along with it. Um, there were enough question marks about him but I do like the fit and I hope to heck that he does take the top off that offense I would like to see Derek Carr have a really good year yeah because that that team I I know one of my bigger observations last year was number one it was predictable I mean a lot of first down runs second down run third down Darren Waller like it was just so but but they need speed and they need to uh you know and, and Brian Edwards can make any contested catch downfield you want. And if Ruggs can can space out a, a defense, a huge positives for Derek Carr, who we know is, number one, accurate. Number two, one of the biggest quibbles is that he checks the ball down too much. Well, if you have more space, if you have legitimate outside targets, there's going to be generally just more space. And if that's checking the ball down to Jacobs, who hopefully he sees him this year uh, a few more times, you know, or Witten, you know, eight-yard curls, all these types of things are going to help that offense just keep moving. And they're, they're one of my favorites of, like, people just ignoring him like they're not going to be any good outside of Jacobs. Um, so, I'm yeah, and like you, with Carr, I mean, we've seen really good moments from him in the past. And all it takes is a few, you know, work some – plays underneath, work it underneath, get it to Witten, you know, move the chains, move the chains, and, and then, then shot. one shot to Ruggs yeah. deep. Well, Ruggs is going to be like that guy like McCole Hardman or Tyreek Hill that literally, I mean, if you put one or two big plays on tape, and we didn't get that in the preseason or anything, so it'll right. be, it would be early in the year, but opposing defenses are going to be game planning specifically against that. We're going to say we can't let that, we can't let, you know, a one-play 70-yard drive beat us. So we'll be happier to let Carr dink and dunk us for 12 plays because we know outside of Brady and a few others, Breeze, I mean, it, those are hard drives to do three, four times over the course of a game and, and, and pound it in for a touchdown. So, uh, I mean, again, teams are going to really try to protect that aspect. Um, yeah, and you already brought up Rager. I was going to mention uh, about just the Eagles in general. I mean, they just can't catch a break. I mean, Wentz is, looks like he's going to be fine to start the season, but... Miles Sanders, hamstring. Jeffrey's going to be out probably a month-ish of the season with his foot, and I wasn't counting on much I would from say him anyway. Beyond that, I yeah, would not I mean, count well, on him. Again, he's slow anyway. Yeah, so I just, exactly. I wouldn't. What's count he going to have? Chain-moving guy in his back pocket all game. But Breger, like you mentioned, he's going to miss, miss a couple games, and then they've got these intriguing rookies. Day three side. rookies. Well, Artega and Whiteside yeah, as well. Plus, plus the uh, yeah, the rookies too. Yeah. So it just it's going to be very interesting. It's still better because they addressed those those pass catching spots uh, from last offseason. Plus, they got Boston Scott that they can use as a movable chess piece. So they're better Is Carson equipped. Carson Wentz going to be ready for the start of the season. Exactly the way that yeah. things are going. 
you know. I know. I was I was surprised in one of the last rounds. It's a 14-team Superflex. I told you about it with uh, doing the football guy's staff. And one of the last picks I made was Jalen Hurts uh, as my fourth quarterback because yeah. I was like, he's the one that he's the one that got Rager hurt. <laughs> he <laughs> right. threw an errant pass and Rager what, went but for the. Can I just say this? If I was an offensive player in camp it's there is though. no chance i go i will i will get yelled at i am not going for the tackle on an interception it's instinct that's they've a, been playing football since they were little kids you can't know, take the I know, fight out instinct. of the dog man when it, it, it's turning red i know it, your eye your your pupil turns red i know and you just go i know you just go attack ball i i got it but it's just it, it's like and a that's quarterback good you want to have it. that instinct i mean right. that's what they've been it's working a, so for you're calling it unfortunate life. Yeah, it's just unfortunate. I'm calling it silliness. You let the guy go for a pick yeah. six, and you anyway. I got you though. Um, okay, um, I do have one trade from a uh, from a subscriber and listener that I wanted to go over. Um, so this is a they took it over a last minute orphan, and the rookie draft is coming up. The trade made was I'm assuming I know which side they're on, but didn't actually declare. Um, Chris Carson and James Conner, uh, so picking having those two veteran running backs on this orphan and traded them for 107 and 112 uh, rookie picks, and this is a one quarterback, so we'll stock PPR league. So you said they have not had their rookie draft. Yes, that's 107-112 this year, and it's coming up this week, their rookie draft. That's going to be juicy. That's going to be yeah. real juicy because I just had a rookie draft, and you want to talk about night and day from what, the May, what, what June, twist? July. Yeah, give me, give me some twist alert. Okay, so uh, no, no doubt uh, it was Ceh first and Jonathan Taylor second, but there were some really crazy trades uh, that went on. One guy I think traded Josh Jacobs straight up for the one hundred four or something, or one hundred three traded Josh Jacobs straight up for the one hundred three, and then took CD Lamb. I was going to say CD Lamb at in the top 4 has been something I've seen in August. Yeah. Or or even yeah, more in August than I saw. I don't know if I saw that one time in early May. Yeah. So it went all that positive camp buzz. Yep. Edwards Alaire, Taylor Lamb from a trade, Dobbins, then Akers, then Swift, Judy, then Antonio Gibson at the 108. Yeah. I was going to say he's a riser, yeah. Yep. Justin Jefferson went 109. AJ Dillon went 110. I had the 111 and I took Jalen Rager. Pittman yeah. Pittman went 112. Then yep, Brian he's another one. Yeah. Brian Edwards talk about a riser wow. went 201 and then Henry Ruggs 202 and Claypool, Higgins, Vaughn, Ayuk, Moss, McFarland. I ended up getting Denzel Mims at 211 and that's nothing you would not get him. Um, like 204, 205 was the latest he went in May, I think. Right, and it's the hamstring. It's right. and well, he's going to be the classic slow starter, exactly. Exactly, and then I ended. But up... But there's nothing there. Every, like it's a mash unit for the for the for the Jets. Brashad Perriman is dinged up too. I I I I I told somebody I was like, watch this. It's going to be Jamison Crowder, 15 targets week one. I yeah. mean. It's going to get peppered. And Sam Darnold, yet again, I mean, they tried to address things. We'll see how Chris Herndon works out or does not work out. But, I mean, they're trying to help him. Um, but but right now, health needs to be a be a, an aid for him as well. Um, yeah, so it sounds like – did you mention – so was Dylan the first round as well? Yes, Dylan, Dylan went right yeah. after Gibson. But after Gibson, which is interesting. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, uh, Gibson was one that I definitely thought, you know, you were getting him, what, 204 to maybe even the late oh, second round? Yeah, and uh, sometimes in the early third, depending on... Yeah, and that was pretty easy for, for two, three months. And now, yeah. you know, we've got that train momentum going, you know, monorail, monorail, that he's just doing, he's just having a great camp, great things. And let's face it, they're, they're an offense that needs playmakers. And playmaker is just basically offensive weapon, right? I mean, just... Get this guy the ball because you can say outside of scary Terry McLaurin, who else is going to, you know, really quote unquote beat defenses? And I think this is the guy. I mean, I don't I don't think there's a really a second choice um, on that team. So so yeah, he is one that I, I definitely expected you to say. And that's why in this trade, uh, so again, resculpting the team, I'll say this, when you take over an orphan, I mean, wheels are off, right? In terms of what what you you'd be willing to do to sculpt right. it in your mind's yes. eye, and you got a first round pick for each guy. Let's face it: if this year is a first of all question mark, first second of all, you may not be in a strong position to contend anyway. Now you could say, "Hey, well that means anything can happen," you know. And and my team, as long as I have less carnage than other teams, I'll be in good shape. Well, you that that's still completely random. So, um, so I think I think this is a really good trade because first of all, I would take 107 for Connor and I would take 112 for for Carson. And I know that's maybe the opposite order. People, you know, some people might might order those players in terms of the picks received, but I think you're going to have a tough time for either guy by January getting these picks or these players for them in a straight up trade. Oh, absolutely. And like you said, 107 could be one of the big 5 running backs. Um, yes, very for good sure. Chance. For very sure, you're going to get a look at Judy Swift or because he's been a little bit banged up. Right. Of the guys, he's getting exactly. less hype, and you could right. probably get Swift. And then I know you can get Rager at the 112, and that's what a well, combo. Or worse, well, again, or worse or case, you're looking at Dylan, Dylan, or or Gibson, or Ayuk. Or the point is, you're going to get a look at somebody, right? Somebody really nice at 112 and 107. Like you said, a running back from the top five that you maybe had minimal chance in May. You've got a really good chance. And even worst case, I mean, you're looking at someone like Jerry Judy or, I mean, yeah. it, just be agnostic. Yeah, I mean, with, this is a great seven, class so. to have two picks in the first round. Right. To be Absolutely. honest, in January, th- this may sound a little hot takey, but to be honest, c- just because we, we kind of know how insulation works and these yeah. these run- these two running backs don't have a lot of that, right. is that th- you put these two running backs together in January, I don't know if you get Jerry Judy straight up. Yep. To be honest, yep. so so you're kind of getting a pick for free. So so, but I, the one thing I wanted to reiterate, and it's not orphan season, but just in general, that be willing, be bold. Like one of the best things about taking over an orphan is just you're not you don't get in your own way sometimes. Of I've had this league, I've drafted it, it's three years old. Like the whole like again, I don't like to use the term blow it up, but with an orphan, you're taking over a team that you didn't build yourself. So you're probably you're not probably not going to have as many of your guys and the quickest way to get your guys on the team is picks but also just putting things together maybe quote-unquote overpaying but get a couple of cornerstone guys that are yours your guys that you can really build around uh you know for the next two to three years while you truly make the team your own and make it look completely different than the day you took over yeah so i i really like the fact that get the picks it helps that it's a great class but in general, get your guys and do that. And if it and if you completely, you know, go off the reservation in year one because you're going after rookies that you like, maybe getting future picks, maybe getting under the radar players, injured players, whatever, that so be it. And, and that's part of taking over an orphan, part of what makes it fun. Um, do you have? But I do I, have I do yeah. have a cautionary tale. 
I, I, th- don't be this guy. <laughs> Are you ready for a very, very sad story? I didn't even say this in UTH chat with I've got my you, Kleenex. I'm with ready. you, sad Tim story. and Jordan, because I really, honestly, am still in shock, and I am, I'm still processing this, and I am still 100% befuddled by this move. But they traded a, an orphan just came in. This is the league that just had the rookie draft. An orphan owner just came in two days before the draft, took over the team, and traded Christian McCaffrey for the 202, Ooh. the 206. Startup drafts? Startup picks? No. The two oh, just checking. Rookie. 202, <laughs> which turned into Henry Ruggs. So he got Henry Ruggs, the 206, which I think was Zach Moss, and then next year's first-round pick from this guy that's a contender. Likely 101. That's it for for. Christian McCaffrey. Wow. So he got Jamar Chase. He got uh, a, a guy in Henry Ruggs that almost went in the same spot of the NFL draft as Christian McCaffrey. And then on top <laughs> of that. I'm trying to create a rosy so, picture. This is right. Horrible. So then on top of that, I talked to the commissioner. I said, where did this guy come from? Like, is he? Mars, Neptune. Yeah, it's like, oh, I'm in lots of dynasty leagues with him, and he's very active. He likes he the young DFS? guys. His, his comment was he likes the young guys. I was like, okay. So... I went. Katie, did you ever get an offer from this guy? No, I didn't. For Christian McCaffrey? Okay. I didn't. And and so I went to this guy. Now that he sold Christian McCaffrey, and I've <laughs> talked to the commissioner, and the commissioner says, yes, he's very active, and he likes young guys, and he likes picks. Okay. So I McCaffrey went to this old. guy, and I offered him a decent amount for Todd Gurley, and his comment was, no, I really think Todd Gurley's going to have a good year this year. What? <laughs> what? You kept Todd Gurley that's twenty older world. with knee problems yeah. and you traded Christian McCaffrey maybe for he, peanuts? Maybe he thinks maybe he thinks the new look Carolina offense and, and Teddy Bridgewater is not gonna be a good thing. So for I McCaffrey. understand as an orphan owner making the team your yeah. own, but oh my goodness, please me please, please Drives me at nuts. least get fair market value for your players when you're see that's an example you know what's what's better than that and we say never to do this this would be way better than that say christian mccaffrey is on the block looking to trade him and re-sculpt my team taking offers over the next day or two and literally sit there and let let your offers come in and don't counter don't accept any of them sit there for a couple days and ho- I, I would think you'd have a few to choose from. And then, you know what? All of those offers will be better than what he just got. I know. I know. <laughs> so every single. But at least. But if you. We say not to announce it. But if it's a guy like that. Announcing it is better than doing that. Was that the. Own, did, did that owner he dealt with have the most rookie picks or something? Or nothing special about that specific. Nothing, he just happened to have the 202. Yeah, I mean, which he could have got 101 if he wanted 101. I mean, I at the 111. I think I think he looked. I think Chad, he looked. At, I think he looked at worse, more picks is greater is better than less picks. He made I honestly this trade. Is, he I made think. this trade after. Oh. He made. I had the 111 and did not get an offer from him. Right. Why didn't he I want had the 111. I took Jalen Rugs Rager. might go. Rugs might go. Right. Rugs could have gone <laughs> then. He got him three picks later at the 202. But the you point is, Ruggs. the point is. <laughs> You know, I know. You know, but I got two offers for the 111 that were crap. I waited, yeah. you know, a decent amount of time. Never got an offer from this guy. Didn't well, question, even know that though, Christian McCaffrey was. But question: Did you, have, McCoff- question, did you have a second round pick though? 
Hmm? Yeah, did you have a, I, I had you the have 111, I had the 211. All right, well, maybe that's not enough to him. <laughs> yeah. Maybe you wouldn't have. Maybe he was worried about asking for your future first as well, Katie. Yeah. Maybe he just wasn't. Yeah. I gotcha. Yeah, that that's super frustrating. And I think I think we mentioned it. I think we have a tale like that. Whether it's a rookie draft, you know, where we're we're trying to get something, or if it's a player that gets sold like that. Um, again, friends don't let friends do that. Yeah. Or some iteration of that is the the basic tenant and premise here. Um, Katie, we're going to be in week one preview mode. Uh, next week yes exciting times yes um so now this is our last this is our last official off-season show this is it right here let's hope we get four four to five months of of in-season machinations and uh turns of the screws uh, of what is in front of us whatever that may be but what are some of your parting thoughts of the 2020 off season that was <laughs> kind of uh, half of half of one thing and half of another. We had until the combine pretty much. And then which, and, and then I still remember uh, just one thing that I would say, a look back. I remember when pro days were starting, we had some pro days and then one moment they were gone. That's it. We actually like, I would say 70%, maybe 75% of the pro day schedule did not occur. Uh, because the second half of March is really, and, and the first week of April is pro day season. And we didn't get that at all. And I remember it was, are we going to have the NFL draft? Should there be an NFL draft? All these things. And we have been very fortunate uh, it, looking back that we had the NFL draft on time. We have had, uh, again, knock on wood, knock on plastic, knock on every surface type that uh, you know we have gone through the training camp. We didn't have preseason games, but... We are locked and loaded uh, for week one. We have not had this, you know, 17 players of Team X, you know, have COVID and what's going to happen here. Week one is in, we don't have any of that going on. What happens after week one? Who knows? But I would say all things considered where we were and how everyone was talking in April. uh, Let's consider this a big, huge blowout victory. Uh, that we are now poised and there will be some stadiums with some people in it to start the year and we will have some college football at a minimum. I will just say, thank goodness. I'm glad we're here. Can't wait for however much we have because it's exciting and a few months ago we didn't know if we were going to have it. It seems like forever ago. (laughs) Three years. It really feels like forever ago that we had the NFL draft and that we had some real talking points on football players and then it just hit that stall and it feels great to be able to wake up and watch good morning football and be excited about it and knowing that you know we're we're days away now days away from the season starting and being able to watch real football real games have more data points to be able to to talk about I'm just ecstatic and I I cannot say enough this season will be it'll go down in history as the craziest season for fantasy football for any you know for real football but you've got to be more patient than ever this season and roll with the punches they're gonna happen every team will be destroyed at times and even like I've got some really strong teams with some big question marks because of just the last week but I'm not panicking and it is what it is and you just are gonna have to roll with it 
adapt to it. The team that is the most adaptable, that can really do a good job of buying low and selling high on players. We just got an offer in one of our leagues, Chad, and I declined it without even talking to you. But the mm. guy's already trying to sell Reichwell Armstead, and why not? Try to sell. If you got a guy that's now stepping into that potential role in Jacksonville, that's not the game script. I would more rather want Chris Thompson. But, you know, if you've got him on your roster because you had him stashed, now is the time to try to sell and make something from it. Yep, I totally agree. And I'll, I'll hit one thing that you said and, and double hit it here, which is those waiver dollars are going to flow this year. And when in doubt, and this works the same, I'm in, I, I joined at some orphans where it, it goes worst to first and be selective. You know, that there are going to be some, you know, if waivers are running early in the week, just know that Thursday, Friday, Saturday, there are still adjustments that make guys quality pickups. So to think that, you can't get somebody for free later in the week. And especially if, you know, they have, there's dollar bidding, dollar intervals, and it's a hundred budget. I mean, you don't really want to, we talked about with Divino Zigbo and there's other examples of just, you're kind of chasing. We've seen, I, I, someone said that they, they, they saw somebody on a thousand budget. They, they uh, spent 200 on somebody and two weeks later they dropped the guy. Uh, this off season. So those types of examples where you're just burning, you're lighting your capital in season. That's all you got other than trading. You know, you've got your waiver wire capital. This is absolutely the year of proactivity, thinking ahead, thinking if one thing happens, is this guy a hot pickup and do I have to pay 10, 20 X this dollar bid, free agent pickup, etc. You don't want to burn through your money. You may hit, hit landmines all in one week between Buy a bye week gauntlet plus you you lost a couple guys with injury or COVID or whatever, and all of a sudden that's the moment you need to have priority. Whether it's the 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 waiver wire ordering or if it's the 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 pickups uh, of spending twenty thirty fifty percent of your capital, and there's one guy. I mean, so really be patient, really be prudent about your budgeting because I think this is the the year of any years that that is gonna if you run dry. And you have zero tiebreakers over anybody by week six, week eight, whatever it is, and you're not completely out of it. That could be the difference between you advancing, winning a title, versus not even making the playoffs. And I've got one more thing to add. I know that you're trying to wrap this up, but to that point, if you're the guy that hoards their money and keeps it, and let's say you do fall out of contention. There's nothing that says you can't trade waiver wire bucks for a player or for a future or a pick. pick. Yep. You trade for a future second, you know, 60 blind uh, bidding dollars to somebody that, you know, midseason or right before the playoffs, they're thinking, I've got to get this guy off the waiver and I'm out of money because people yep. will be spending. They'll be broke. You can leverage that and Shop get something good. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, that's a great point. It is capital, and the last point that you made is great to bring it home. Of of of, of trade, you can trade that capital because you know what you're just going to be looking at stash guys for the off season and the following year, and like you said, a pick is going to have more leverage than that, um, and and just maybe save a few bucks at most, but you can trade the rest. And uh, definitely, this is the year 
of of the years that you can probably get the most you possibly could for those waiver dollars. So for Katie Flower at FF underscore Skyler 399, I am at Chad Parsons NFL. Reminder about signing up at UTHDynasty.com and finding the uh, even added content over there at Patreon.com slash UTH. Tim Torch and I are going to be shortly now uh, recording a show. We talk waiver wire every single week in depth. Also, there's a a VIP uh, strategy session that's going to be about 30, 45 minutes every single week. So your questions, we're going to talk one-on-one or actually it's, you know, five, 10 people that's available recording wise. So just an added bonus over there for the VIPs uh, as you can check out the tiers and offerings at patreon.com slash UTH. So until next week, prepping for week one, never settle, refuse to be average and keep building those dynasties.